Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Where the Heck Are the Albans and Where the Heck Are the Albans? We are up in Minnesota and we are in a town called Anoka, Anoka, Minnesota. The man speaking is Matt Alban. He and his family from Illinois have a YouTube channel dedicated to their travels and adventures. It's sort of this thing that they do as a family. They travel to interesting places all over the world, uh, both in and out of the country, and they document it in a bunch of fun yet oddly educational videos. Their YouTube channel is called Where the Heck Are the Albans, which, as of this year, 2023, has gained almost 8,000 followers since they first started filming in 2016. Their channel describes them as a family of four that love to travel, have fun, and go on adventures. And if you take a closer look at the number of adventures they've been on, Their video count is currently 588. In this video, which is from October of 2021, the family visited Anoka, Minnesota for the very first time to experience something that makes this town pretty unique, if you ask me. I'll let Matt take it away. And why are we here? It is because Anoka is the Halloween capital of the world. That's right. And we are going to just explore the town it's a month long, uh, just a month of fest- different festivities and things, but we're just here for one day. Did you catch that? The family is in the Halloween capital of the world, in Minnesota. They aren't in Salem or Point Pleasant. They're here in the heart of the Midwest, in Minnesota. And I I just wanted to dig that in a little bit because it only felt right to include such a humble brag in one of our very first episodes. I mean, it is October after all. As their video continues, Matt and his family begin their Halloween journey at the official Halloween Capital of the World gift shop, which sadly isn't open all year round. And we watch as they explore Anoka from all of the Halloween-themed sites downtown, all the way to City Hall. So over here they got a sculpture. His name is Iron Jack. He sits at City Hall. And he's a, he's a giant jack-o'-lantern. And he's holding a sign that says, Happy 100th. That was actually from last year. In 2020, Anoka celebrated 100 years of being the Halloween capital of the world. You see, in Anoka, a town of almost 18,000 residents, Halloween is taken very seriously. So serious, in fact, that they celebrate it for an entire month, the entire month of October, 31 days of Halloween. If you've ever seen the Disney movie Halloween Town, Anoka is pretty much as close as you can actually get to being there. Oh, and here's a huge spoiler. This is pretty much what we're going to be talking about throughout the episode. So buckle yourself in. From the North Star State, in the land of 10,000 lakes, From my neck of the woods, in the heart of the Midwest. This is Minnesota Mysteries, and I'm your host, Thang Peng Duong Dead. This 
Tonight, we talk about Anoka, Minnesota, the Halloween capital of the world. But first, let's take a quick break. So earlier this week, I celebrated my birthday. I turned another year older, another year wiser, blah, 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 blah. But I thought it would be the perfect opportunity to guilt trip you into celebrating with me. You know, belated. Now, I'm not saying that you have to drive all the way up here to buy me dinner or a shot at the bar. You can help me celebrate tonight by leaving me a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're tuning in right now if they have a feature that allows that. Or remember that social audio app I told you about in the last episode called Swell? Well, if you're into social audio or you're actually just tuning in on that app right now, you can tell me happy belated birthday by leaving a comment right below this post. Swell is a social audio app that's basically like Facebook or Instagram, but instead of text, you interact with your voice. On Swell, you don't just listen to podcasts. You can talk to the host, you can ask questions, you can talk with people like myself or other listeners about your favorite content. You name it. Download the Swell app today and check it out for yourself. You can find the show by searching at MN underscore mysteries. I hope to see you there. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. If you're tuning in for the very first time, my name is Sang, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm happy to have you here. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're going to be talking about how a town in Minnesota, Anoka, became the official Halloween capital of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. I love dressing up. I love putting up decorations and compiling Halloween movie playlists so I can watch something scary for 31 days straight. Cornfield mazes, apple cider, all of that orange and black. I even go out and buy myself a bag of that godforsaken candy corn, just for tradition's sake. I mean, fall in general, or autumn, if you prefer to call it that instead, it's just one of my favorite times of the year anyway. The leaves are changing colors, the summer heat is dying down into that beautiful, nice, crisp chill in the air. I mean, what else can I add to paint a full picture for you? I mean, maybe hay rides, bonfires, hikes through the creepy woods. What about baked goods or warmed drinks? Apple crisp? Need I say more? It's the perfect weather for sweaters and beanies. Or wide-brimmed hats, flannel, scarves, and leg warmers. If you're basic that way. And, you know, I think I look forward to Starbucks releasing their pumpkin spice deliciousness more than I even care to think about that inevitable factor that Mariah Carey is going to be crawling out of her deep, dark Christmas hole at some point, like Samara from The Ring. Anyway, I think it's about time that we dive into tonight's mystery. How exactly did Anoka, Minnesota become the Halloween capital of the world. But in this town known as the Halloween capital of the, the world. The Halloween capital of the world. The Halloween capital of the, the Halloween world. capital of the world. To answer the question, we have to take a stroll back in time. Come with me, won't you? Let's travel back to November 1st of 1919. 
it's the day after Halloween. And the citizens of this then-small town in Minnesota are just waking up to a whole world of debauchery and mayhem for the very last time. Imagine, if you will, that scene in The Grinch, where all of the Whos are waking up to find that Christmas has been stolen from them. But instead of Christmas being stolen, their quaint little town has been trashed. For years, up until this point, it had grown to be this expectation for people to wake up to the latest Halloween prank. And this time, the kids pulling these pranks had gone too far. To be honest, those meddling kids had been taking it too far every year. But this year in particular, they took it too, too far. As far as everyone could see, their little town had been turned upside down. Looking out into their little community, the citizens of Anoka found outhouses overturned and wagons missing from the streets. They looked around and eventually they looked up and they came to find that those wagons were parked up on top of the rooftops of several local establishments. One wagon was even found on top of the Anoka County High School. In town, people would discover that the mischief only continued as a list of pranks went on and on. Among these pranks encountered, people found that chickens had been thrown from rooftops. People also found that windows had been soaped up, which, if you don't know what that is exactly, the idea was that people would use a bar of soap, essentially like a big Koran. Some pranksters would draw spooky images or possibly even suggestive pictures. Others would write bad words. Some would just fog up an entire window pane completely with that bar of soap, so you couldn't see anything through that window. Another prank that was done by the youngsters was that somebody had let somebody's cows loose into Anoka so that they can wander freely through the downtown area. Some accounts say that these kids even upped the ante this year somehow and managed to get a cow into the halls of the city jail. Needless to say, the people of Anoka had had enough. It was chaos, I tell you. Pure chaos. At least for 1919. What would the quiet little town of Anoka do to change these circumstances? Well, I guess we'll find that out in just a minute, after yet another short break. In a world engulfed by shadows, and shrouded in mystery, where the boundaries of the known and the unknown blur, comes a podcast that dares to explore the depths of the uncharted. Welcome to the Phantom Files, a journey into the enigmas that lie beneath the surface of our reality. Each episode, we will take you on a captivating voyage through time and space as we delve into the annals of history, unearthing forgotten secrets, and breathing life into the legends that have mystified generations. From the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle to the perplexing enigma 
of UFOs. We will leave no stone unturned and no puzzle unsolved. Prepare to be captivated by tales of cryptids and monstrous creatures that have fascinated the world for centuries. From the elusive werewolf to the legendary Wendigo lurking in the deep forests. But it's not just about the stories. The Phantom Files will challenge your perception of reality, bringing a rigorous research, scientific analysis, and thought-provoking examination that will stretch the boundaries of what you thought was possible. Subscribe now to The Phantom Files and unlock the gateway to a world of wonder, mystery, and the hidden knowledge that lie beneath. The Phantom Files, examining the unexplained. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sang, and you're listening to Minnesota Mysteries. When we left off just a moment ago, we were talking about what was the last straw for the small community of Anoka the day after Halloween in 1919. Citizens of this quiet little town were waking up to a night's worth of Halloween pranks that they, I'm sure, were very tired of having to clean up after. So what did the town of Anoka do to fix this problem? What did the people of this community decide would fix the issue when I'm sure that most of them were probably sick of Halloween altogether at this point? Now, when I imagine this part, I try to picture this marching, angry mob of farmers and townsfolk with torches and pitchforks looking tired and disgruntled, but I'm sure that the actual site was probably a little bit more, I mean, well, Minnesotan. The people of Anoka put their heads together and thought, you know, perhaps one night of fun was just not enough. Perhaps these youngsters needed a little bit more time, a little bit more community, a little bit more, well, Halloween, in order to give these kids of their community their fill every year. If we gave them enough Halloween, they thought, maybe they wouldn't need to take it too far. And so it was set into motion, and in 1920, just a year after the last debacle, a businessman by the name of George Green assembled an official Halloween committee with other civic leaders of Anoka, as well as other community organizations, to address the ever-growing problem they had faced year after year until this point. The plan was simple. They would create an event so entertaining, so gripping, and so captivating that youngsters wouldn't feel that need to go about pulling pranks on All Hallows' Eve. And so, on the evening of Halloween night that year, the Halloween committee kicked off their very first community-wide Halloween celebration, which included a massive Halloween parade on Main Street, which was highlighted by the Firemen's Band of Minneapolis, a drum corps, the Anoka National Guard, and several other community organizations. Popcorn, candy, and peanuts 
were all handed out to all of the children who participated and marched in the parade. To end the evening, there was also a large community bonfire held in Anoka's Bridge Square. The event was so successful that that evening and even into the next morning, law enforcement received no calls or reports of any mischief or pranks. From then on, the event went on into history, only gaining more traction. In fact, in only a short matter of time, Anoka was able to secure that position as the Halloween capital of the world. In 1937, thanks to an act of Congress, the actual title of Halloween Capital of the World was secured in Anoka when this 12-year-old newspaper carrier by the name of Harold Blair won this all-expenses-paid trip to our nation's capital. And the story of Harold Blair goes on to say that after winning this trip as one of 200 Minneapolis paperboys, members of his community, including the local drugstore owner, Bernard Witte, led efforts to give Anoka its title. And the community gathered around this little boy to make him not only presentable, but also a great representation of their town in general and the legacy that they were trying to build for themselves. Commissioned by a local artist named Alice Vick, a customized patch displaying a witch in flight before this full moon with the words Halloween Capital written in the sky and Anoka, Minnesota displayed prominently below was sewn onto Harold's sweater as he made his way to the nation's capital. With him, Anoka sent their prayers and wishes along with this proclamation that they were in fact the Halloween capital of the world. And at the capital, Blair, dressed to represent, delivered this proclamation to Minnesota Representative Millard Rice. And shortly afterward, Congress granted the title upon Anoka officially. In the years to come, the event evolved from a one-day celebration to a few. Then, from a few to an entire month of Halloween events, including community sing-alongs, costume contests, uh, home and yard decorating contests, and more. And actually, the festivities now begin as early as September 22nd, when the town's official Halloween gift shop opens to the public. But if I'm going to be extremely real with you, Halloween lives in Anoka all year round, and you don't have to take my word for it. If you ever find yourself driving through Minnesota and you'd like to take a peek for yourself, just stop on by. I'm sure that the folks out here would love to have you. Because besides these lingering remnants of decorations from the most previous Halloweens or the Halloweens before, the town has an official roundabout that is decorated as this massive jack-o'-lantern displayed year-round. You should actually take a look at it. Along with various other Halloween murals and signs that are displayed around town. And when you arrive at City Hall, you'll even be greeted by that 12-foot-tall jack-o'-lantern sculpture just outside. Anoka, in fact, reigns so supreme and so undisputed in its title that it has even been featured in several nationwide news broadcasts. 
It's also been featured in Life magazine and also on The Drew Barrymore Show. We're getting into the Halloween spirit. We sent the traveling news desk to the spookiest place that we could find. This story is really cool. I'm excited to take you to this place because you all know Sleepy Hollow and Salem and Amityville. But do you know about Anoka, Minnesota? Huh. Because it's the Halloween capital of the world. Guess what? We're going there because the news desk is there. And like I said, in Anoka, Minnesota, the official Halloween capital of the world. Halloween is just not a one-night thing, but rather an all-month thing. For the entire lineup of events, which include things like a community-wide pumpkin smashing, a Halloween 5K marathon, costume contests, an official Halloween coronation that has its own royalty ceremony, and, and much, 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 seriously much more, you can go and visit anokahalloween.com. Or, you know, you can just stop in yourself and check it out. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. It's a pleasure having you around, and I hope to see more of you as these future episodes drop. Tonight's episode was written, edited, and produced by me with additional help on social media and marketing by, (laughs) well, me as well. Oh, and I completely forgot to mention this on the very first episode, but a massive thanks goes out to Lauren and Pascal, Minnesota Mysteries' original hosts, who gave me the blessing to dig the show up from the grave, kind of mold and create it into my own little monster of a podcast. So, to Lauren and Pascal... Thank you so much for putting your trust in me. A special thanks to the band Harley Poe for our show's theme, Scream Acres, as well as other music of theirs that we will be featuring in our episodes going forward. A special thanks also goes out to the Albin family we heard at the top of the episode. If you'd like to know more of the Albin family's adventures, be sure to go to youtube.com slash the at sign. Where the heck are the Albins? All one word. Or you can find them by searching Where the Heck Are the Albans on Facebook and Instagram. And lastly, a final special thanks goes out to you, my wonderful listeners, for taking the time to check out what I do here on Minnesota Mysteries. If you would like to support the show and to help it thrive, you can actually do so in a number of ways. The most important is by giving the show a rating or a review on your favorite podcatcher, or by sharing your favorite episode with your peeps on social media. Every little bit of exposure helps. Anyway, that is enough of this Minnesota goodbye. Tune in next time for more stories from the land of 10,000 lakes and mysteries. I'm Sang Peng Duong Det, I'm your host, and I am signing off until next time. Good night. <laughs>